Hi, friends. Welcome to the first episode of History Made Beautiful in 2024. My name is Martini Fisher, and I will be your host for this year as well. If you have been following me for the past couple of years, I suppose, since we've started the, this podcast, isn't it? Um, I hope to be able to tell you a lot more stories in this coming year. And I do hope that this is a good year for all of you as well. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to History Made Beautiful, a podcast about the beauty, diversity, faith, and community in world history. Here is your hostess, author and historian, Martini Fisher. I do believe that talking about Ganesha is a rather fitting topic that we can kind of get into for our first episode in 2024. If you have been having a a sort of a challenging year in 2023, I hope you can relate to this and feel just a little bit better. Um, but I chose Ganesha because he is the legendary remover of obstacles. So he is one of the most extinctive Hindu deities. His role is to remove obstacles and ensure success, as well as creating obstructions for those whose ambition has become destructive. So there is a bit of a balance there. He is also the patron of travelers, students, commerce, and new endeavors. Traditionally, all sessions of bhajan, devotional chanting, begin with an invocation of Ganesha with incantations such as Aum Shri Ganesha Nama, which means um, hail the name of Ganesha. Although mentions of different qualities of Ganesha had uh, existed for much longer, he appeared as a distinct deity in a recognizable form during the Gupta period. Um, That would be 320 to 600 CE of Indian history. He then went on to become one of the most prevalent Hindu deities in foreign lands, through the development of new networks of exchange and money circulation throughout Asia in the 10th century. It was during this time that Ganesha became associated with traders who would pray that he would grant them the success and remove obstacles in their path. This led to the spread of the worship of Ganesha into a wide variety of other cultures. In the later Puranas, composed around 600 CE, he was described as the son of Shiva and his consort Parvati. Ganesha was created by his mother using earth, which she modeled into the shape of a boy. 
As Shiva was away, Parvati then set her new son as guard while she bathed. Not long after, Shiva unexpectedly returned home and on finding the boy an outrage at his impudence in claiming that he was Parvati's son, Shiva called for his demons, um, who then went on to fight ferociously with Ganesha. Um, but he, this young boy, um, easily held his own against this, um, these adversaries. But at one point, he was distracted. So when he was distracted, Shiva himself lopped off his head. Hearing the commotion, Parvati ran out and reproached her husband for killing her son. And then the repentant Shiva ordered a new head to be found for the boy. And because the first animal available was an elephant, Ganesha gained an elephant head. A version of his story that explains the gods' association with intelligence and wisdom is his competition with Kartikeya, his brother. And uh, Kartikeya is also the god of war. In this legend, Shiva and Parvati showed the sons a divine fruit and told them that whoever would eat it would obtain the supreme knowledge and immortality. As both young gods wanted to eat the fruit, this led, of course, to an argument between them. Now, to end the argument, Shiva told them that whoever would circle the world three times and come back first would get the fruit. So Kartikeya mounted his peacock and flew off without a moment's hesitation. But Ganesha sauntered over to his parents and started circling them three times with great devotion. When his parents asked him why he was not circling the grove, he answered that his parents are the whole, or, um, the whole world and therefore there was no need for him to go further to travel the world. Ganesha was then declared the winner. One day, after eating a few too many modakas, um, sacrificial cakes, um, Ganesha decided to take a ride on his rat to aid his digestion. On a side note, I do really like the um, the Hindu gods' mounts, don't you? Um, rats, uh, um, peacock, that sort of thing. Um, no unicorns or anything, but, you know, I, I do think that is quite fun um anyway so she, he decided to take a ride on his rat to kind of help digest uh his his modakas uh but a large snake surprised them and threw ganesha off his mount he then landed on his full belly and it burst on hitting the ground his belly opened and the cake from his stomach rolled everywhere but this didn't actually bother him, who then just went on carefully gathering them in, stuffing them all back into his belly. Um, and he wound the snake around his midriff to keep his stomach closed. This is not only a symbolic, um, this is not only a symbol of Ganesha's resourcefulness, but also his ability to overcome obstacles as the snake, the cause of the accident in the first place, was also the one that ended up providing the remedy for the damage that it had 
cost. Now, continuing his ride, after his incident with the snake, uh, he then heard a sudden thunderous noise from the heavens. This sound was the laughter of the moon and his wife, the 27 constellations. Um, they laughed because they uh, saw him tied with a snake. Um, Ganesha was offended by this, so outraged, he broke off the end of one of his tusks and hurled it at the laughing moon. His tusk hit the moon in the face and struck the moon dark. Without the light of the moon, thieves and villains were free to roam in the dark nights until mankind had enough and pleaded with the gods to restore the moonlight. The gods then asked Ganesha to forgive, forgive the moon, but... Ganesha would only give the moon partial forgiveness. So the moon can only give his full light for one night periodically before slowly wasting away. Um, there is an alternative story of Ganesha's um, broken tusk. Uh, the other story is that of Krishna throwing an axe at him after he blocked entrance to the private apartments of his parents. Uh, Shiva and Parvati. Due to his devotion to his parents, Ganesha allowed the axe to hit and break his tusks so that no one could say that the axe, which was in fact his father's, was not a fearsome weapon. So he would prefer to um, take the damage, shall we say, than, you know, implying in any way that his father was not, you know, his father was any less powerful. Yet another explanation of Ganesha's broken tusk was that he snapped it off in order to transcribe the epic poem Mahabharata. In the first part of the epic, it is written that the sage Vyasa asked Ganesha to transcribe the poem as he dictated it to him. Ganesha agreed and the dictation began. But in the rush of writing, uh, Ganesha's feather, a uh, pen, broke. He then snapped off one of his tusks and used it as a pen so that the transcription could proceed without interruption. Now, if you have been following me for a particular length of time, um, I'm sure you know already that I'm all about symbolism. I do love symbolism. Uh, I love looking for it <laughs> as well, and I do love interpreting it or reading about people who would interpret it, um, interpret certain symbolism um, in mythology. So let's talk about that in terms of uh, the figure of Ganesha. Because the figure of Ganesha is loaded with multiple meanings and symbolism, which expresses a state of perfection, as well as the means to obtaining it. So if you ever want to be perfect, which is an impossible thing, um, you don't really need to go any further than just look at him, um, look at Ganesha. His overall image is a composite one, uh, containing four animals, man, the elephant, the serpent, and the mouse. The mouse, of course, as you remember, uh, is his mount. 
So let's start from the head. The elephant head carries perhaps the most layered of the symbolism. It indicates intelligence and discriminative power. The white ears denote wisdom and the ability to listen to people who seek help. The carved trunk indicates the faculty of discrimination between the real and the unreal. The fact that Ganesha only had a single tusk um, indicates his ability to overcome all forms of dualism. The trishula on his forehead symbolizes time, the past, the present, the future, and his mastery over it. Now let's talk about his belly. His big belly signifies the bounty of nature and generosity, as well as the ability of Ganesha to swallow the sorrows of the universe and protect the world. The position of his legs, where one is resting on the ground and the other raised, indicate the importance of living and participating in both the material and the spiritual world. The four arms represent the four inner attributes of the subtle body, which are the mind, the intellect, the ego, and the conscience. And Ganesha himself represents um, the Atman, which means the pure consciousness, which enables these four attributes to function together. His divine vehicle, the mouse, represent desires and pride. By riding the mouse, Ganesha becomes the master of these tendencies, which indicates the power that this, the discriminative faculties have over the mind. The mouse, um, extremely voracious by nature, is often depicted next to a plate of sweets with his eyes kind of turned towards Ganesha while he tightly holds on to a morsel of food between his paws, as if he was expecting an order uh, from him. Um, this represents the mind which has been completely subordinated to the superior faculty of the intellect. Ganesha is also defined as Omkara, or having the form of Om. In fact, the shape of his body is considered to be a rough copy of the outline of the Devanagari letter, which indicates the Bija mantra. For this reason, Ganesha is considered the bodily incarnation of the entire cosmos. He who is at the base of all the phenomenal world. The Sakti Tantra suggests that Ganesha exists in various planes and worlds as the head of the Ganas or group of entities to guide them and lead them toward Shiva, the um, primordial being. Ganesha as we know him today does not appear in the Vedas, at least not explicitly. Greek Veda calls upon a deity also known as Ganapati, or leader of the hosts. While many devotees of Ganesha accept this as a proof of his Vedic origins, some scholars have suggested that this text is actually referring to Braspati, the teacher of the gods, instead of Ganesha. Except for the 25, no, 20 line passage in the Mahabharata in which he serves as Vyasa's scribe, 
Ganesha does not appear in epic literatures. However, even this singular story is not accepted as part of the original text by the editors of the um, critical edition of the Mahabharata. It is um, often relegated to a footnote in an appendix. It was not until the Puranas that Ganesha became an established figure in Hindu scripture. The more detailed narrative of his life appear in the later texts, circa 600 to 1300 CE. Um, references to Ganesha occurring in Puranas predating this are considered to be later interpolations made during the 7th to the 10th century CE. Between the 12th and the 15th century CE, um, Ganesha became the focal point of the Ganesha Purana and the Mugdala Purana. These two scriptures, along with the Ganapati Artavarshisha, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, composed during the 16th or the 17th century CE, remain the core texts involved in the devotion to Ganesha. The extent of his popularity in earlier times can be estimated from the reference of Ganesha that are available in the Puranas. A prototype of Ganesha was worshipped in the prehistoric times outside the Indian subcontinent in places such as Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, sorry, Iran, uh, Tibet, Mongolia, China, Cambodia, Japan, and Mexico even. The image of Ganesha found at Luristan in Iran dates back to 1200 to 1000 BCE. Uh, many idols similar to him were also found in Mexico from excavations and ancient um, temple ruins. Despite these fragments of information, um, questions of his historical origins are still largely unanswered, and many theorists um, persist to show how he came into being. Um, one theory of Ganesha's origin states that he gradually came to prominence in connection with the four vi Vinayakas. In Hindu mythology, the Vinayakas were a group of four demons who created obstacles and difficulties. Um, Yufraj Krishan is among the academics who accepted this view as he states that Ganesha, um, and I quote, is a non-Vedic god. His origin is to be traced to the four Vinayaka evil spirits um, from the 7th to 4th century BC, uh, who cause various types of evil and suffering. While none of these gods are conceived to be elephant-headed, they are held to be responsible for the creation of obstacles. Other scholars have interpreted the myths of Ganesha as revealing his status as a former totemic emblem. By this logic, then, his adoption by Shiva is a mythological illustration of syncretism where a tribe under the banner of the elephant is assimilated into the Brahmic fold. Many possibilities of this hypothesis have been suggested, uh, including the Munda of 
Central India, the Gajas in the northeast, and the Naga cult of Western India. However, this theory um, is also not perfect, as there is no independent evidence for the existence of an elephant cult or a totem in any of these regions either. The 10th century was marked by the development of new networks of exchange throughout Asia. Accordingly, the earliest inscription where Ganesha is invoked before any other deity were composed by the traveling merchant community. The gradual emigration of Hindus to Southeast Asia also established Ganesha in somewhat modified forms in nations where Buddhism and Hinduism were practiced side by side, such as um, Burma, Cambodia, and Thailand. Among Buddhists in Thailand, um, Ganesha maintained his function as a remover of obstacles and is therefore considered a god of success. In Nepal, Haramba, a form of Ganesha, um, depicted with five heads and riding a lion, is traditionally also very popular. And then we have the Tibetan representation of Ganesha, which are usually more ambivalent in nature. In one form, he is shown being trodden underfoot by Mahakala, a popular Tibetan deity, while in other depictions, he is shown as the destroyer of, of obstacles, sometimes dancing in jubilation due to his successes. Um, this dancing form of Ganesha, uh, called Dritya Ganapati, gained popularity in North India and was later adopted in Nepal before arriving in Tibet. Before the arrival of Islam, Afghanistan had close cultural ties with India. The Afghans venerated both Hindu and Buddhist deities. A few sculptures of Ganesha from the 5th to 7th century CE also have survived in this region. In China, the earliest known statue of Ganesha carries an inscription dated 531 CE, while in Japan, a cult dedicated to the deity was first mentioned in 806 CE.